It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The front stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com, fast-paced white-knuckle racing, just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Going to be a quick show today. Got a couple of headlines, and then we're going to get you set for Sunday's race at Sonoma, which is going to be broadcast on Fox, uh, looks like at 2.30 Central Time. So we'll get you set for that race coming up in just a little bit. I think we should probably talk about the high limits race at Eagle Raceway on Tuesday night uh, to kick things off um, at the end of uh, Tuesday night's show or Tuesday's show kind of challenged everyone and said, if you've been asking for 410 racing and uh, you don't go to this race, you're a part of the problem. Uh, you guys need to get out in there and support the racetrack, support the races. And uh, when big touring series like this come to town, you got to show up, you got to help, you got to support them. And, Wow. Did Eagle, did uh, Sprint Car fans absolutely do that? And some late model fans. I ran into quite a few late model fans that uh, actually swore me to secrecy that I wouldn't say that I ran into them there because they didn't want to be known to be at a Sprint Car track. <laughs> well, they haven't been able to see any, you know, a whole lot of racing and, and what they like. So yeah. they're fixed by checking out the four tens. Yeah. Great night. I think everything went fantastic. A couple of hiccups and Eagle Raceway's working on addressing this. I already talked to Racine about it, but uh, you know, when there's that many people, it's going to be tough to get beer and food. Um, I just, I've thought a lot about it every year that we do the fan appreciation night and it's packed in the grandstands uh, and, and it's a long wait to get food. You know, there's not a, I mean, without doing major renovations to the way that, that track flows there's not a lot of improvements that you can make with getting people through there quickly it's still a lot of time of people you know swiping their card typing in their pin you know using the credit cards as opposed to cash which i think is a little bit quicker but you know it's it's just a natural bottleneck and, and it's tough to get people through the uh the grandstands or through the concession stands or through the beer stands the fact they ran out of some beers <laughs> You know, uh, as a as a liquor sales rep for a full time uh, job, there's a lot of places around town that get caught off guard. They've been doing liquor selling, you know, bars and restaurants for years, for decades, and sometimes they just get caught off guard. They had an entire semi load full of beer, and they drank through it. So they ran out of all the beers, not just some beer. No, not all the beers. I think they ran out of. Um, Michelob Ultra, Bud Light, Bush Light, and I think that was it. There was three of them. Last time I went up, I went up just before the uh, B feature ended and got my last round of high noons, and then uh, and then we were done for the night. Uh, so it, I, the last time I was up there, somebody turned around and said, hey, they're out of Bud Light, Bush Light, and Michelob Ultra. And a couple of people got out of line. Everybody else just kept buying everything else. So I don't think they completely ran out of beer, but they ran out of a couple of brands. Well, you know, it was a warm night, so people were drinking it. Yeah, it was absolutely a warm night. Uh, if you haven't seen the results yet, Kyle Larson ends up getting the win. He's now uh, won the last two 410 sprint car races at, uh, well, hold on. Yeah, because the NSL, I want, I, I'm trying to think who the NSL race was who won that race and when that was, do you remember when that was? 
I thought that was the one that he won like six years ago or something. That was a World of Outlaws race. Okay. Because I, I, I half-heartedly joked with Joe Kaziski because he'd been trying for years to get Kyle Larson to come to IED Speedway, and Kyle wanted to come. Before I even knew who Kyle Larson was, he was scheduled to come with the World of Outlaws. Gosh, I don't even know what year it was, but uh, Joe told me he's like this kid, Kyle Larson. He is really freaking good and he's coming. He's going to draw a lot of fans with him. And the race ended up, it was supposed to rain like early that afternoon, but it just rained a light rain all day long. So that one got rained out. And then it just time after time, they couldn't get the schedules to line up. We tried, they tried to get him to come with the late model. They tried to get him to come with the sprint cars. They had the world of outlaws there several times. He was never able to make it work. The one year that the world of outlaws went to Eagle, he showed up and, and, uh, and it was a, a huge turnout again, but um, yeah, that was a world of outlaws race. The world outlaws show, if I remember right, was on the same weekend as a Kansas cup race. And well, Tony, somebody flew him up in the helicopter and he ran the, the race at Eagle. Okay. I don't, I don't remember. They were saying it was like six, seven years ago when that race was. I don't remember it being the same weekend as a cup weekend. I do remember that the time Tony Stewart came and then he stayed in the pits till like two o'clock in the morning, signing autographs and taking pictures. That was a Kansas race weekend. And I want to say that was like 2013 or 14. No, I could have the, I could have it wrong, but it's been, they said it'd been six years since they had four tens at Eagle. Yeah. This race though, uh, it, it was phenomenal. It's going to go down as one of the top sprint car races in my book that I've, I've got to watch in person. Um, the last, I want to say with probably 10 to go to about five to go. So about for five, five consistent laps, Kyle Larson and Rico Abreu were trading slide jobs. Rico was trying everything he possibly could to get around, get back around Kyle and, and win that race. And yeah, it just, it was for not Kyle. Just, it, it was just so cool to watch uh, how, how talented Kyle is. Those, those little nuances that he knew that when Rico slid him, he didn't get mad and, 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 you know, run him in the rear end or, or throw a fit or do any of this. He tapped those brakes, he cut the nose down, and he picked a different angle to exit the, the turn and get a big run down the straightaway. And it was just, it was so fun to watch. That was an amazing race. Yeah, it was, uh, I'll be honest with you, I've seen a lot of sprint cars. I've seen, the, you know, the World Outlaws on TV from Knoxville for years and outdoor when they're on and stuff like that. But that was the first time I saw the uh, leader of the race hit a hole in the track and flip. Yeah. Yeah, that was I cuz I took Kyle Larson uh I was doing a little bit of uh friendly gambling with uh, some people around me and I took Larson to win the race. And I was getting a little bit nervous cuz it was a 40 race feature and I want to say the first No, it was a uh, one race feature, 40 lap. 40 lap feature, thank you. <laughs> I want to say the last uh it was probably what 10 12 laps that uh that, that I, I can't remember what his name was, uh, was leading it. And, and it didn't look like Kyle had much, but again, it's a long race and, and the track develops a lot, but uh, I was getting a little bit nervous. And then all of a sudden he just flips and, and destroys his car. And yeah, yeah it, it was, was marks. I, I kept hearing, I was getting a little bit irritated because the, uh, the broadcast crew, the pit reporter was like, Oh, that tremendous hole in turn one. And I'm like, you're an idiot. That is not a tremendous hole. 
it, it it's been far worse thanks to you know 130 145 cars racing heat races and in uh qualifying features on it uh that was nothing compared to what that hole in one has been and the 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 rest of the field navigated it just fine but it you know he, he i think he said it like two or three times oh that hole in turn one is so huge and you know i'm like yeah, okay dude <laughs> You know, it might, I'll be willing to bet it was the biggest hole they've seen all year. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you know, oh. but it's it just happened. It's one yeah. of them deals. I Listen, I know that some drivers, the drivers that hate that hole in one have probably had to replace a car because of it. I like that hole in turn one as a fan and as somebody who doesn't want a perfect racetrack. There's got to be character in it to make these guys work for it. And that hole in one... So many drivers have told me in victory lane, when you hit that right, you are so fast, but it is hard to hit it right. And the ones that do are the ones that consistently win races and championships. Yeah. Well, I just assume the track be smooth and uh, not tear up equipment. Mm -hmm. That's having paid the bills on race cars before, which you haven't done yet. Right. Which again, you know, that's what I said. It's I'm, I'm a fan. I'm not a, I'm not a car owner. I'm, I'm a sponsor of a couple of cars. Uh, I, I, I can only bet that a couple of my cars, the cars that I'm on the side of have ruined cars because of that hole. But I just, I, again, this is me being completely selfish as a fan. I, I like the difficulty that that hole in turn one brings, but I totally understand what you're saying, Dirk, that as a guy who's had to fix them, pay for them, replace them, it's not, you're not a fan of it. I, I totally get that. But uh, uh, no, I saw, I don't know, I think they probably posted 18 or 20 laps of that race. Uh, Flow Racing um, mm-hmm. didn't run the whole race um, back on uh, Facebook, but they had part of it. So I did see, you know, some of the action and it looked like a good race for the most part. It um, really was. I, I I was so happy that I got to be there as a fan last night and uh, Tuesday night, excuse me, and it just. Have a good time. And it was so fun to sit with all the fans. And and we were, and we were, it was, that, that was just a great night. It was, that was a great race. It was, it was just an awesome night. I was so glad to be a part of it, be there, not a part of it, excuse me. But um, I did talk to Racine Hayden, uh, excuse me, Racine Thompson a little bit today. And uh, she did say, and I think Brad Sweet had mentioned in a couple of other interviews, uh, they are already working on details to bring the high limit racing series back to Eagle raceway in 2024. So the, uh, the conversations are being had. And I know, like I mentioned earlier, Eagle is already uh, kind of working on better parking, better exit flow. Um, what is that? What do they call it? Egress. And um, well, getting there and getting out. I mean, there was that, that highway is, is treacherous. And when you're trying to get a hauler across a, uh, the highway, if you're coming south on what highway is that? Um, going south? Yeah. North and south, uh, 59, maybe? The one that uh, takes you 12 miles up to I-80? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I want to say 59, but I could be wrong. Whatever highway that is, it, it, it's treacherous to get across there. So it took a lot of time to get people across that highway and get into the in, get into the racetrack. So they're working on some other ideas to try to help with that and also kind of some satellite beer carts and working on some stuff. So we're, we're just over a, a day or so away from when we record 
of the race happening. And uh, well, we're just under a day away because uh, we're recording at six o'clock. But anyways, and they're already working on getting uh, uh, next year's race details put together. So that's I great to hear. 63. Thank you. Yes, 63. Uh, so it's great to hear that it it paid off for everybody. Everybody was happy. It was a huge turnout. It was a great turnout. And I think a lot of fans had a great time. A couple of caveats there. You know, the, the waiting in line was tough. The they couldn't get some food was a little bit difficult, but you know, it is what it is. And and we plan accordingly next year. I'm going to be grilling out ahead of time next year, rather than planning on eating at the racetrack. So I'm eating inside the racetrack at the concession stand. I'm just going to bring a little grill and, and James and, and Ryan and Kurt and I are just going to hang out at James's trailer and pregame there. And we're going to eat there and, and just uh, enjoy ourselves. And then we'll go into the races, but uh, yeah, it, it's, I can't wait for it to happen next year. That was an awesome race. And I, I did see a few people complaining about taking 90 minutes to to leave the parking establishment. But it takes a long time there. And that's just because a lot of the people leaving are idiots. Yeah. And it's, they don't know how to merge and take a break and let somebody else in and all that kind of stuff. So Absolutely. It's there. There is a flow to it. But also it, it's this it's it's a big there's not a lot that they could do easily to fix the egress. They had. um I saw flashing lights, so I assume it was the sheriff. Could have been police. Either way, they had somebody there trying to help with traffic to to get people out. Uh, but I mean, there was there was probably I would venture to say somewhere around ten thousand people there. There was probably somewhere around seven thousand, maybe five thousand cars. I mean, it was the parking lot was just insane how packed it was, and it it, it just takes time. And I. Ryan Kump said it to me uh, when we were up there in VIP, we were up in VIP talking with Sarah and he looked at the parking lot and he goes, well, guys, I think we can anticipate not getting out of here for a couple hours. And so we just sat at the trailer at James's trailer and, and hung out for, for an hour or so and uh, drank a lot of Gatorade to try to rehydrate and uh, just waited for the traffic to calm down. And and we got out just fine. Well, they should have just, you know, somewhere they need to just, think about doing what they do at a cup race. They should let that the north exit of the parking lot go north and make that south exit go south. Yeah. That's where the problem is. Those people race out and get out of that south end and then won't let anybody out of that north exit. Yep. And they should make them go two different directions and they can go a mile south, get on a county road, go a mile east or a mile west and get right back onto Highway 34. Yep. And if you're coming back to Omaha, you take 34 down to Highway 50 and come up through Louisville. It's easy. Uh, it may be, <laughs> maybe the, and maybe they'll do that next year. I don't know. But, you know, um, it, it's always tough to plan for this stuff because, you know, you put all these things into place that you're going to have a, a big crowd and then it rains and or there's a chance of rain and the Facebook meteorologists kill your ticket sales. and You don't have that big of a crowd, but. I guess it's better to plan for the worst case scenario rather than assume it's not going to happen. Yep. All right. Penalties or other headlines? <laughs> uh, well, the penalties are really a penalty and then two lug nuts. Yeah. Uh, the, lug nuts were in the truck series. So the 43 team uh, of Legacy Motors Motors Motor Club has been levied with an L1 penalty for. Um, illegally modifying the greenhouse. This was one of the vehicles that was sent back to the NASCAR R and D center. So uh, this was a random car. that got picked after the race and NASCAR has once again found an um, found something illegal about one of these cars. 
Well, I'm going to, I'm going to say it was not randomly picked. I'm going to say there was something about that car, the way it went through the room of doom with the lasers. And I think that's probably what happened when they got the two HMR cars, because this is the third car with the exact same problem. Those two Hendrix cars have it. And now the 43 car had it. They, they said it in the article. It was the exact same thing as Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's I'm glad I'm glad you clarified that because I kind of always had the mindset that they would just randomly pick these cars. But there's probably they do do at times. Okay, but you're thinking that this was probably something that maybe maybe a team or something happened in the room of doom that they kind of thought, let's take this car after the race. Yeah, not a team. I'm I'm thinking there was something on that deal where that thing might have come back and been the exact same setup as what those Hendrick cars were and then you know the guy running the thing says hey we had this on two other cars before and they were illegal let's take this one back yeah so they're hit with an L1 penalty which is 60 driver and owner points crew chief uh, has been fined $75,000 and placed on NASCAR enforced vacation for the next two cup series point paying events um Legacy Motor Club issued a statement says we have been diligently working with NASCAR regarding the penalty and are working internally to determine the course of action in response. We will announce that decision within the time frame determined by NASCAR's rule book. So I think they have a week or so to file an appeal. Well, and I think the only reason they might appeal will be to keep the crew chief for a certain track. I didn't bother looking and seeing what's coming up after Sonoma. But uh, that could very well be what they're looking at. Hey, do we have somebody that we can sit on the top of the box for these two races? You know, are they kind of throwaway races for us or are these races that we've got a chance to be in? Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, it's Sonoma this weekend. Then win. It's Sonoma this weekend, then Nashville Super Speedway, and then Chicago Street Course. Yeah, so they've got two street courses or two road courses, street course, road course, same thing, two left and righties. <laughs> um, so maybe, um, Chicago's a new track. I figured that's a throwaway, mm-hmm. but if, they, if they don't appeal, the crew chief will be back for that race. He'll miss Sonoma and Nashville. Mm-hmm. Do they try to make the appeal and, and have the crew chief here at Sonoma and then give up Nashville and Chicago, or do they stretch it for two weeks and then give up Chicago and the race after? Yeah. I think they're going to want their crew chief gone at Chicago. I think they're going to throw that race away and go from there. But yeah, they're not going to win an appeal. So there's, there's no sense in actually trying to appeal it. Yeah. And Eric's pretty good at road courses. He's, he's got some wins under his belt there. Really? I believe so. Right. I don't recall him winning a road course. All right, then. I I mean, I don't, I, uh, well, that's fine. I'm, I'm agree. I, I, I had it in my head that he, He'd either won a road course or maybe it was in the Xfinity series. I don't know. But I, I was going to say that could be. He might have won a road course in Xfinity, but I don't think he has a cup. So he's only got a couple wins. Yeah. So so L1 penalty levity against those guys. We'll find out in the coming days uh, what they're going to do with that appeal. And like you mentioned, there was a couple of truck series teams that were hit with penalties for um, unsecured lug nuts. Eric Amarola still hasn't decided on his retirement after last season. Or after this season, you can remember he announced his retirement last season, said he was done at the end of the year, and then all of a sudden kind of flipped and decided he was going to come back and race again 
for 2023. Lost so much money, he had to keep working. What's that? His 401k lost so much money, he had to keep working. <laughs> I don't think he's got to worry about a retirement plan at this point. Um, he says, I think it's very fluid. I don't have any timetables. By this time last year, I thought I was going, I it, I thought it was going to hap, happen. Ended up not happening. So I think for me, it's just get up every morning and continue to work hard being the best brace car driver I can be. And we'll see where things shake out. I know I did see something this week where uh, I'm not sure how old his boy is. I want to say 10, 10 or 11, something like that. But his boys baseball team won their little league. They had a 15 and one record on the season. So hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. Cool. Um, other than that, uh, let's see. Malvern bank uh, has announced that, Boone County Raceway has decided to give all the drivers that are part of the Malvern Bank 360 Sprint Car Series a free pit pass for the June 30th ASCS National Tour. You do have to be a member of the Malvern Bank 360 Sprint Car Series in order to receive the free pit pass. So that's uh, kind of a way that they're trying to entice more of the local guys to come and race uh, with the ASCS National Tour. And again, that race is going to be on June 30th. Yeah, I, this is a great idea as far as I'm concerned. I, yeah, know, why not? Pay, pay your homeboys, a, a, you know, what are probably, what, 30, 40, 50 bucks. I'm not sure what an ASCS pit pass is. But, yeah. You know, somewhere in there, but it's still, a, you know, buy the family dinner for that. So, By the way, we forgot to even mention it, but uh, a great field of cars for the uh, high limit race, uh, high limit series, 40, 410 sprint cars out there. Uh, I think we had like six or seven local guys, depending on what you wanted to call local or regional or whatever. But I would I have to, to have four, uh, 40, 410 sprint cars show up on a Tuesday night in Eagle, Nebraska, uh, in Nebraska in general. Uh, if this was a World of Outlaws race, I think we'd have been lucky to get 20 or 25. So um, at 40 was a great turnout. I was really happy with that. Yeah, when you're paying uh... – you know, 28 grand to win, you're going to get some cars. Yeah, you absolutely will. All right. Uh, we talked about Sonoma coming up this Sunday. Uh, this race last year was ran uh, right around the same time, June 12th. Daniel Suarez ended up getting the win. Uh, he led 47 laps. Looks like he led the majority of them. Chris Busher in second, Michael McDowell in third, Kevin Arvick in fourth, and Austin Dillon in fifth. Bad days for Bubba Wallace. Uh, finished tail on Charlie, Tyler Reddick, 35th, Danny Hamlin, 31st, Kyle Busch, 30th, Christopher Bell, 27th, Martin Trux Jr., 26th. Uh, and then the year prior, uh, Kyle Larson ends up getting the win. Along with Chase Elliott, second, Martin Trux Jr., third, Joey Logano, fourth, and Kyle Busch, fifth. Bad days for Ricky Senhouse Jr., tail on Charlie, William Byron, 35th. Um, everybody else kind of seems to mind their minded their P's and Q's. Uh, Larson led 57 laps. He led six different times for 57 laps, swept the weekend, uh, one stage one, one stage two, sorry, swept the day, one stage one, one stage two, and then won the race. So 60 points on the day. Yeah. If I remember right, this what an 82 lap race, something like that. Uh, well, let me see. Cause looks like we went into overtime. Uh, when Kyle Larson won it two years ago with uh, 
92 laps. Uh, actually, that must have been a shortened race because looks like we're going 110 laps. Okay. Well, these road courses, maybe it's Watkins Glen that's 82. I mean, their laps are just all screwy. But this is the year again that now with the road course, they are not going to stop for stage breaks. Yeah. Yeah, so, new rule this year. Right. So the uh, the running the race backwards and everybody getting right before the end of the stage and pitting, so they cycle back up to the front, you know, and, and you got <clears throat> a bunch of 25th place cars getting all the stage points. So for the fantasy guys, I think it's kind of a good rule. And it should uh, um, keep the playing field on what I call a, a legitimate pace for the race. I'm looking you know. through the I'm looking through the history of this and and I I vaguely remember this that in 2000 uh, back in 20 uh, well last season they actually added more laps to this race. Looks like it used to be a 90 lap race and they uh and then they went 92 laps after a couple of overtime attempts. Um but in 2022 they went uh 110 laps and were scheduled to go 110 this weekend. Okay, so well. They've added some laps to it, and uh, you know, which to me is always good. The more racing, the better. Yep. And Especially road course racing. I enjoy it. I, I like road course racing is one of my favorites. I don't like them 600 miles every time, but. Yeah. Well, if we go 600 miles, we got to add another stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The Toyota Save Mart 3. Sorry. 500 miles is good for three stages, but that extra 100 mile will get you every time. Yep. All right. Uh, Toyota Save Mart 350 at Sonoma, 230 on Sunday. Looks like they're going to practice and qualify on Saturday. That will be broadcast on FS2 starting at 4 o'clock Central Time, 4 o'clock in the afternoon Central Time. And then they'll drop the green flag Sunday at a little after 230 for the race. Coverage will be on uh, Fox, the main network. And... Um, also, the radio, PRN, and Sirius XM. We're just a couple of races away from NBC taking the coverage back, right? Um, yeah, I think they got the year split, but I don't know where NBC is going to put coverage. Isn't, oh. And they talked about Paramount and NBC Sports and USA. And Looks like, the- okay, so they they take over. So we do the, the Sonoma race this weekend. Then we take next Sunday off because of Father's Day weekend. And then uh, we're back at Nashville, and that's when NBC picks up the broadcast. Majority of the races look like, say they're on NBC right now with a couple of them being on, well, several, two, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm counting 10 races on USA, the rest on NBC. So the majority of them, it sounds like, are on USA. Well, I take that back. No, because they're going to end up with 21 races then? Yeah, it, it might be 10 to 11, 10 on NBC. I think uh, I count. I must have counted it wrong because I'm getting ten on USA and ten on NBC. Yeah, so there's twenty races left. So yeah, ten and ten. So it's split well, down the middle. Well, between those two, but the it's split um, twenty to sixteen with Fox and NBC. Yeah, where I thought it would be eighteen and eight, but I'm all for it. They could split it thirty-five NBC and one Fox, and I'm all in. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. All right. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, no, no. Uh, um, I do want to mention uh, condolences, buddy. And um, I know you you posted about it uh, Wednesday morning 
I believe it was Wednesday morning that or uh, or Tuesday morning that you lost your mom. Yeah, I uh, posted Tuesday afternoon on it. So, but uh, it was a, it was expected. They'd put her in what they call comfort care down at the Nebraska Masonic Home in Plattsmouth on Saturday. Um, she quit eating. You know, it just came into the basically hospice, but they don't use the term hospice there. I, I don't know what that's all about, but um, they were telling us, you know, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and none of that happened, and she just passed. So, but she's out of pain now, so you know, I'm good with it. Uh, and I saw you guys posted the uh, service details. Do you do you want to announce those, or do you want to keep that kind of private? Oh no, no, it's uh, um, there's going to be a lot of people there, I'm sure. Um, Let's see, Sunday, June 11th, um, the visitation starts at 5, and I'm not sure exactly what my brother was talking about when he said, uh, uh, let me pull that up and see exactly how the heck he worded that. Um, uh, Service activities to begin at about 8.30, um, so I'm not sure what that means, and I expect the visitation to, to wrap up by by eight, so five to eight basically, okay. and the funerals Monday morning at 10 a.m. at and everything's at uh, Westlawn Hill Press on 58th and Center, 57th and Center right there. Um, the funerals at 10 with the graveside service after, and a luncheon will be served after um, at the mortuary reception. So everything will be done right there, one location. And uh, I know my dad's been buried there for years, and she'd get buried next to my dad. So that's all good. Well, good. Uh, uh, again, sorry about the loss. Uh, I know, you, like you said, it was uh, expected, but uh, still never easy. No. And uh, like I said, it was just the way it, it finished, you know, was was just kind of a screwy deal. I was down there both Sunday and Monday over the, the noon hour. And then I decided I talked to my brother early Tuesday morning and I got a chance, a chance to go work for a few hours out at the car lot. And I'm out at the car lot for two hours. And instead of going down there, I was planning on going down later. And that's when she passed. So the blessing on the whole deal is my youngest brother from Florida had flown in and uh, he got to spend a few minutes with her before she passed. So at least he got to make it in and say goodbye. Yeah. Alrighty, guys, I think that's going to do it for us today. Get out and support your local racetrack. Watch your local events and um, have a great time. We'll uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, 
and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. 